You're listening to a podcast from Victory. What does it mean to lay our lives down to serve God? Learn more in week five of Dare to Believe. Today is our Volunteer Sunday. And we would want to really thank all our volunteers from the music ministry, the ushering ministry, the tech team, to the production design, uh, the kids ministry. Can we give them a hand once again? Um, I'm thankful for, indeed, uh, they've given their time and their efforts uh, into uh, really um, cre- uh, creating an environment every Sunday that we can really come to the presence of God. So once again, good evening. Uh, and today is our Volunteer Sunday, and I just can't help but uh, really remind all of you that for the past few weeks, how many of you here, you've learned so much in this uh, message series that has provoked you to believe God for greater things. And today is the last installment of uh, our message series. And I want to thank Pastor Chico Pena for delivering a powerful message last week. And for the past few weeks, we've learned to live a life of audacious faith. How many of you here, you're provoked to believe God for great things this year? 2016 is your year, amen? That we believe that God will be with us and He will be with us every step of the way. And now we have the boldness to believe God for the impossible. As I have mentioned uh, earlier that today is our Volunteer Sunday, while preparing for this message, I was asking myself, how can faith be related to serving? Can I just have faith and trust God for the things I want and the things I desire and the things that I need this year? Why do I have to serve? And, and the reason why I did ask that question, because I always would want to have a reason why I am really serving. I just don't want to uh, serve because it's required of me, but I believe that indeed the reason why I'm serving, because uh, this is really something that will represent my faith. Okay? Let me, let me clarify this. Okay, one of the best ways to know the size and the value of your faith is through serving. Because when you serve, you meet uh, different types of people. And most of them are not really nice. Do you understand? When you start serving, uh, there is a, 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 a time at times that you will be discouraged. But the question is, will you still press forward and still serve? Because you're not doing it for men, you're doing it for God. But a lot of us here probably have uh, so many questions and concerns uh, right now. Why you're giving yourself uh, the, the reasons why you can't serve. And in fact, you have, you have a lot of things running in your mind. And you're, you're simply saying that, I don't have time, Pastor. I'm busy with my love life. Do you understand? That's valid. You're busy and you have a lot of things in your lap and a lot of things to do. My concern is that uh, at the end of the day, will you give it a try? Because at the end of the day, the struggle that we have okay, when it comes to serving God has a lot to do with availability and ability. When you say ability, okay? Do I have what it takes? Do I have a talent? Do I have a gift? Pastor, probably a friend of mine, my sister, my mother, she's good at, at this thing. She's, she's devoted to this church and I don't have much. I don't have a talent. But I want you to understand the mere fact that you come to this gathering, the mere fact you came, okay? Pumarito ka sa pagtitipon natin, okay? Oh, that's Tagalog. It took me one year to, to study. And the mere fact you, you came this evening, you have an amount of faith. No matter how small your faith is, the mere fact that you prepared for this uh, gathering, invited your girlfriend to be with you, use this as probably uh, a reason to date her because this is kind of cheap, okay? <laughs> you don't have to spend for anything. Uh, and enjoy the presence of God. I'm telling you right now, you, you can call it a day. But my point for coming here is that there is still an amount, no matter how small your faith is, you opted to take the risk to come here. So I'm telling you right now, all of us in this room are qualified to serve God because we have faith to come and attend this gathering. 
And if you reason right now, Pastor, I just cannot come. I don't have much. I'm not that talented. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm gaining, I'm gaining weight. I mean, uh, you can still serve God. Whether you're, you're, you're vertically challenged or horizontally challenged, you can serve the Lord. Because it's not about you, it's about God through you. Because we have a partner who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as we hand our life over to Him, no matter how petty your situation is and you don't have much, God can multiply. Remember the story of that boy with five loaves and two fish? That boy, remember? Remember? That boy is from the Philippines. Boy, boy, boy. (laughs) Eating again. Five loaves and two fish. When He hand those five loaves and two fish, okay? And when when Jesus uh, took it, it multiplied. It was because it was placed in the hands of God. And that is what I'm praying tonight, that we, we need to place our lives and our talents, our skills, no matter how small your talent is. Okay? You can serve. Okay? If, if you don't have a voice, just dance. Do you understand? And I want to refer you back to the story in, in the book of Second Samuel, where, where it's a, a beautiful picture of, of how a man... Uh, uh, really went out of his way. In fact, men went out of their way to serve this famous individual by the name of King David. He was not King David then. He was, he was just David. In Second Samuel, we will see the story of David that he was just running for his life. Okay? He was, he was, he was moving from different regions and, and he just can't help because the Philistines' army would want to kill him. So he ended up in the Adullam cave. So he, 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 he was on the run for his life. And this is, in fact, uh, the story in 1 Samuel chapter 22, okay? And David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, David is on the run. They went down to him there. Verse 2, all those who were in distress, distress, in debt or discontented, people that are down and out. When you're down and out, you familiar with that song? Okay, this is where it all began, okay? And, and they were distressed and discontented. Gathered around him, he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. And these men that went to be with David was, was uh, really uh, one of, of those closest individuals that, 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 that journeyed with him until he became a king. And I want you to understand that, that it's hard to be with his people because when somebody is in distress, there's a tendency that they will be a, a burden than just be a blessing. But you need to be reminded that people went to be with David because they appreciate the man. Remember, he is not a king here. He is just a friend. And they went to be with him. How many of you here appreciate, okay, that when you're, when you're down and out and you're depressed and, and you're lonely, okay, you appreciate friends that, that would be there for you, okay? If you're a girl and, and, and you're, you have a friend who's a guy and you appreciate that, right? Okay, please don't be deceived, okay? He has a different intention. My point is, this is, this is something that, that I'm asking myself. Why would they accompany David in the midst of, of, of a bleak situation? Why bother? And I came into conclusion, probably David did something, okay, that caused them to return the favor. And when I was really meditating on this passage, I was reminded, there is somebody who was crucified on the cross, who did something like this for you and me. And I realized the reason why we respond to people 
that though they're not asking anything in return, and we're nice to people because of what they've done to us. How many of you here, you can't help but remember friends in the past who were there for you? That when you're blessed and you become a millionaire, you want to bless them in return as well. This was a, a beautiful picture that at the end of the day, people was, was just so thankful for what David has done, and, and they just can't help but be with him. And if you take a closer look there, they, they have nothing to offer. That they're dis, dis, in distress and in debt and discontented. And externally, they're, they're being uh, run after by the, by the Philistines. And they have no one to turn to. But because of what they have realized, that David has been a great man, a great friend, a great comrade. They just would want to be with him. And the reason why I, I would want to put an emphasis with this, because I want you to understand just like what I mentioned the way we respond to God has a lot to do with how we have witnessed and collided with the goodness of God. Our faith is a product of God's unconditional love. Remember this. The day that you came to know the Lord and the day that you uh, have opted to turn your life to God, it was not because you love God. It was because you trust God. You have experienced God's love for you and me. Thus, you're saying, God, I'm handing my life over to you. I'm, I'm doing my best to be a religious person, to do everything that needs to be done. But Lord, deep in my heart, I'm empty. Lord, I'm turning my life to you. It was because of God's love that you turned to God. And this is why I want to tell you this uh, evening that when it comes to worship, we're not requiring anyone to just raise their hands because it's part of the routine that in the next stanza of each song, you have to raise your hand and you need to cry in the second song. We're not trying to rehearse everything. Okay? That when somebody comes here and, and exhorts us, okay, and inspires us, uh, that we have to say amen. Everything that we do here is not based on obligation. The reason why we're like this because we have collided with God's love for each and every one of us. You know, people that are worshiping God and are putting their hands in their pockets. How many of you here? It, it's, it looks cool, right? When you're worshiping God and you sway and you move to the left and to the right. I'm not, I'm not taking it against you. But for you to move, okay, these hands out from your pocket, you need to understand that, Lord, I do understand your love. And it moves five inches away from your pocket, ten inches away from your pocket. And you will, you will be surprised that after a month of worshiping God, you're... I can't stop myself. Do you understand? You, you can help. But worship God. Did somebody require you to raise your hand? Okay? Nobody. It was because you have understood God's love for you that you can help but raise your hand. And a lot of people would raise their hands in a lot of manner. Do you understand? Some Rocky Balboa. Do you understand? Some pointing finger. Yeah? Or some wash the window. Do you understand? I mean, a lot of people would do things in, in a different manner. But that act of worship has a lot to do with your understanding of God's unconditional love for you. It is never a requirement or an obligation. It is because of how you have collided with God's love. So I want to read right here in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Are you ready? about the response of this uh, man of uh, David. And I just can't help but be intrigued why they would go out of their way and serve David. Are you ready? Chapter 23, verse 13. And the three of the 30 chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of, valley of, okay? David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said, okay, uh, longingly, okay, 
Okay, longingly. Say longingly. Okay. Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the what? That is by the? Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. Okay, they gave him water. Whether that's alkaline or mineral, I don't know. But they gave him water. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. Can we just take this time right now to bow our heads? Start this with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for indeed your presence. Lord God, has been over, overwhelming since the start, Lord God, of, of worship. And today, we just would want, Lord God, to connect with you. Teach us, Lord God, to appreciate what you've done. Uh, and, and, and thank you, Lord God, that indeed you, you died on the cross. And because of that, we would want, Lord God, to thank you, Lord God, no matter in what manner, Father. We, we just would want to, to thank you, Lord, by serving you and just uh, really giving our lives to you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you look at the whole story, it was uh, three mighty men by the name of Ishbaal, okay, Eleazar, and Shammah, who went out of their way to get uh, David uh, some water. They broke through an enemy territory uh, against all odds and got water. They went out of their way. They displayed audacious faith, okay, just to serve David. I want to look back right here in, in chapter uh, 23, verse 15. And David, okay, said longingly, it was never a command, oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate, okay? And, and if you look at the text, okay, the man was, was close enough to hear the desires of David. He whispered, and yet people and the men did hear what he was saying. They were close enough. They were loyal enough to take his wish as their command and brave enough to what? To obey at any cost. In fact, these men, if you look at the Bible, and if you uh, take a closer look, they traveled 20 kilometers just to get him some water. Now, the question is, why do they have to do that? It is because of what they've, they've experienced from David as their servant leader. And because of that, they can trust him and they're willing to give their lives to him. This is what faith is. Faith will teach you to do things for God because at the end of the day, Lord, the reason why I'm serving you, not because I'm from victory, not because I'm required to do so, not because I'm obligated, the reason why I'm serving you, because you first loved me. The reason why we can love God, because he first loved us. The reason why we're going to be devoted to God, because we have experienced God's unconditional love. If there is a refrigerator in heaven, your photos will be on it. Do you understand? That's how God loves us so much. So I hope that you do understand what we're doing here is not just because we would want to win the favor of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you have won the favor of God. In fact, you don't have to serve to win the favor of God. God loves you for being who you are. And when you understand that God loves me, even if I don't serve, I should serve. Do you understand? And the reason why you're serving me is you're a product of God's love. And thus, you will look for every opportunity how to serve God. This is what happened. The men of David had an audacious faith because they found an opportunity to serve David. Audacious faith means finding opportunities to serve God. You know and we know that they're in distress, discontented, and are probably depressed. 
But at the end of the day, it's never about their condition and what's happening in their lives, but it's about serving God. After all, we know and we know this. It is never about us. It is never about you. It is about God. Remember that faith is perfected when you serve God. When you serve God, when you have all the reasons not to serve God. I don't know if I did mention this roughly about a month ago, that love is perfected okay, in the midst of hate. Forgiveness is perfected when you're bitter. Do you understand? You can never say that I, I can forgive because I'm ready to forgive. You will never be ready to forgive. Same thing with serving. If you wait that indeed everything is working fine and everything are just falling in the right places and you can pause and smell the flowers that you want to, to, to hear the angels singing so you will eventually serve, that will not happen. Because the devil will give you all the reasons not to serve God. Do you understand? But I want you to understand one thing tonight. The decision will be coming from you. Lord, I don't know where to begin, but I will serve. I'm not that gifted. I don't know how to sing. Be an usher. Do you understand? Simple. Okay? If you have a killer smile, you can usher. Pastor, you know how to smile. How many of you here, you, you, you know how to smile? All of us, if you can smile, you're, you are an usher. My point is, if you can smile, you can serve God. Okay? If you're present today, you can serve God. God wants only your availability. And the rest will be, okay, according to how He wants things to, 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 to go forward. This is why, okay, in the same chapter, then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem. Isn't this amazing? I don't know if you have, and if, if you can relate with me, I, I have this creative mind that, that Pastor Asani and I almost every day would, would, would always enjoy because our, our, our thoughts would, would wonder and we would think of a lot of things and we would, we would enjoy every minute. I don't know why. When I was reading this passage, I, I just can't help. But imagine, then the three mighty men broke through the camp. It's a, remember, three of them against thousands of, 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 of their enemies. To do this, you need to be extraordinary. You're not just a simple soldier. Remember, if you study the lives of these people, they killed hundreds of, of, of their enemies. Okay? So they must be doing something that, that, that is just beyond what David wants. It was, in fact, okay, a picture that, that I believe with all my heart, okay, was a picture that, that God was with them. Although it was not stated in the scripture, I felt like, okay, uh, it, it was just more than their own personal strength. To move from where you are and travel 20 kilometers, imagine with me, 20 kilometers to move, you need to have the speed of what? Of Usain Bolt. Do you understand? You have to be fast. The agility of what? Michael Jordan. Do you understand? To move forward and, and get water for David. It takes somebody who's, who's fast with, with speed and, and accuracy to get water. Remember, you're crossing behind enemy lines. You need to be fast to get a what? A bottle of, uh, what? of, of water. During the time, it was a jar. Okay? But now I, I can't find a jar, so, so it's, it's empty because I, it's kind of heavy. But my point is, you, you need speed to accomplish a task. This is a picture that, that I can't help. But, but imagine and be amazed with, with the faith of this man. 
and carried and brought it to David. And I realized, man, these are not just men who, who found an opportunity, but they're what serving, okay? They're leader, passionately. And, and in fact, being a volunteer, if you do realize what the Lord has done for you, sacrificially, you can't help but serve God passionately. Passion is not something that you fabricate. It's a response to a specific endeavor that, that you know you are and you need to do because you know it's, it's what you're called for. From Michael Jordan to, to Kobe Bryant and the great Usain Bolt. I mean, they're, they're, they're a product of passion. This is the reason why they're, they're famous. Do you understand? And I just can't think of an, a story of somebody who served passionately other than the Lord Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. He was prolific in what he did. And again, once in a while, I would imagine that before he went into this planet, probably he was asking himself, how can I possibly deliver the message that I love all of you? And I felt like he came to heal the sick and deliver people from, from, from demonic oppression. But in his heart, there's one thing I need to do to show you that I love you so much. I will go and crucify myself and hang myself on the cross so I can tell you that no matter who you are and what you've been through, I will die for you. You know the famous pastor that I, I always listen to by the name of Matt Chandler? He said this, Christ has seen our ugly parts and he's not leaving. When the people that surround us Okay, would promise that they will love you in sickness and in health. But after a day or two or a week or two, when they see your dark sides, you know that there's a possibility that they will reject you and leave you. Not with Christ. This is a promise that God will love you unconditionally. And when you realize that God did a sacrifice, you can help. But ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? This is why to tell all of you that you need to serve God, it's an insult. Do you understand? To tell you that you need to serve God, it's an insult. Why? Because at the end of the day, you need to understand, okay, that nobody should tell you what you need to do because you're a product of God's love. When you love God, you can't help but serve God. When you have experienced God's love for you, you can't help but honor God, worship God, give to God. I mean, it's an insult for somebody to remind you, can you, can you brush your teeth? I mean, I just can't take it. I mean, it's an insult, right? Because you know that, that you need to brush your teeth. It's part of, and, and that should be part of your routine. Serving in the same manner. Part of your routine. It is not something that we, we need to, to create a message that we can convince you. No, 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 no. We just have to paint a picture that Christ died for you and He sacrificed for you and He loves you so much and nothing can change the mind of God in loving you. No one in this world can change the mind of God. And that is something that we need to celebrate Sunday in and Sunday out. Thus, we can... That come to God and say, God, how can I possibly serve you? Because a person who understood that he matters or he mattered to God. He mattered to God. You matter to God. The byproduct of, of that is worship. When you do understand that you matter to God, you can help but raise your hand in worship. Ladies and gentlemen, you're valuable in the eyes of God. So whether you serve just like what I mentioned a while ago or not, you don't want to serve because you have your reasons, I'm telling you right now, God loves you. He's not taking it against you. He will continuously pursue you and show you 
how much he loves you. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it's written right here. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. This is his posture. So if you're here right now and you're telling me, God, you need me in this church. No, God doesn't need you. I, wanna, I just want to I just want to remind you. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need your money. You need God and you need God's provision. The reason why God is inviting you to join and serve Him because He loves you. You understand? I don't know if you're familiar with the story. I have invited my son to clean the car and he did more harm than good. But I will still do it with him. Because the feeling that we're washing the car together speaks of how much I love him. It's a beautiful picture. So I hope that as you serve God, okay, you're reminded that God wants you to be right beside him advancing his kingdom Sunday in and Sunday out. At the end of the day, when you're motivated by love, you're empowered with God's love, you can help but do things beyond what you're capable of doing. That you always do the extra mile. Just like what Rick Warren has expressed. When you are doing what you love, no one has to motivate you. This is why it is a must that whatever we're passionate about, more than just your hobbies, do you understand? And the way you look, and the way you carry yourself, that you're so passionate about your life and your hobbies and, and the things that you want to pursue. I'm telling you, all of this would be long gone. You need to be passionate on the things or the person or, the, or a certain pursuit or endeavor because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. This is one thing that I want all of you to be reminded of. That I know you're busy with a lot of things. But I want you to understand, nothing compares to serving God with all your might. When you serve with passion, you serve your all. This is why the greatest tragedy is not death, but a life without passion. I do pray that all of us, when we serve God, we're not serving and we're not doing it based on how we can possibly impress and find approval from people. We're doing this and we're doing it with all our might. When you're not that talented, but you know how to sweep the floor, I hope that you're doing it with passion. Do you understand? That when you sweep the floor, okay, there should be choreography that goes with it. Do you understand? Because it's about passion. Do you understand? So at the end of the day, it's not just about the size of your work, whether you're upstage or downstage. Okay? And I appreciate our music team. They're not perfect. But it's not about a tuned voice, but a tuned heart. Do you understand? Amen. Can we give them a hand? But if you are out of tune, join the ushering team. Amen. Same chapter. Okay? Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. Because that kind of devotion is only and only reserved for the Lord. So you're not just, if you are a man and a woman of faith, you're not just looking for opportunities. And you're not just serving passionately. In fact, you're living sacrificially. And the reason why you can make sacrifices is because you have collided with the whole idea that Christ sacrificed for us. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? 
the reason why I am so gripped by this message because the sacrifices of our volunteers has caused this church to grow. In fact, the sacrifices of people in our Asian ministry has invited people that are about to end their lives, end their marriage, but because they attended church, somebody accommodated it. Somebody gave them a killer smile. So if you're comfortable where you're seated, it's about time that you reconsider, Lord, what if I will serve? Some of you, you can even hear my message when you're not seated on a specific chair. Pastor, I'm just here for the message. No, 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 no. You're done with the message. It's about time that you give, okay, and not just be concerned of your, your, your take on going to church. This is why in serving and giving, we will witness how big our faith is. This is where we measure if we're growing in faith. Just like what I've mentioned a while ago. That we will be introduced up close and personal with the size of our faith and with the kind of faith that we have if we start serving people. You will meet people, okay, that will offend you. But I want you to be reminded, I'm doing this for God. I'm, I'm sick and I can serve, but Lord, give me the faith to recover. I want to serve. You'll be challenged. Some of you here, okay, you'll have problems while serving. But because you're focused on God more than just your problem, you will do it by faith. Some of you here, you don't have any probably, okay, money to come and serve the Lord, but you will have faith. Lord, I want to serve you. Let me trust you. Your faith is always tested when you're serving and giving. So it is my prayer that you will have the motivation and the realization that God loves you so much and God has prioritized you. Because he has said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, even just like what we've mentioned a while ago, that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is why I find delight serving God. Because no one in this room and no one in this world would die for me. No one. There's only one person who did it with a smile in his face. That though people might have categorized that indeed, it was the end of everything from the perspective of Christ. It was just the beginning. This is why we can start. This is why we can serve. This is why if you know what Jesus Christ did for you and me, you can't help but respond in serving. And serving is not just being involved in the ministry. In fact, the heart of serving is worship. And this is synonymous every Sunday. The reason why you can worship God, the reason why you can shout, the reason why you can rejoice, the reason why you can sing at the top of your voice because God, this is a response to how you have loved me unconditionally. Remember this, audacious faith is how we observe, observe what Jesus did so we can serve the way he did. Our observation of what he did to the cross will cause us to serve. Serving God is not something that we demand from you. It is something that we will see because of how you've gone about your relationship with God. Can we just pray right now? Heavenly Father, Thank you for this moment that indeed you've given us an opportunity once again to have a closer and a deeper look of what you've done for all of us. 
I want to invite all of you to raise your hands right now. And the reason why we're raising our hands is because we're simply saying, God, we're offering our lives as a pleasing sacrifice for your purposes. And today, I want you to ask the Lord, what do we have? What do I have that I can hand and I can offer to you? So what do you have right now? And if you're not right now in, in, that, in that level where, God, I'm not ready, look at my life, look at my marriage, I do understand that. I want you to know we will be praying for you. I want you to know that we love you. I want you to know that we do care for you. So your value is not about what you're giving to this church. Your value is that you are valuable in the eyes of God. So Lord, I pray that you bless these people. Bless them financially. Can you raise your hand as high as you can? Bless them financially. Bless them, Lord God, with career promotion. Lord, let them know that you are so in love with them and you love them so much and they're valuable in your eyes. Let them experience, look at your goodness. If somebody here is, is, is believing for favor, grant the request of that person. Lord, if somebody is in debt believing you, Lord God, for a payoff, Lord, grant the request of that person. Lord, today I pray that you show each and every person in this room that you are a loving God, that you're so good, you're so faithful, that amidst our faithlessness, you are still faithful. Thank you that you will equip us, Lord God, with a kind of faith to trust you amidst, Lord God, of all the challenges that comes our way. Today, teach us to serve you. Teach me, Lord God, to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.